This is Daizen UEX, the podcast, episode 241, for the week of December 5th, 2010. Welcome to Daizenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizenshu EX. Oh, a voice from the distance. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Introductions are in order, a voice we haven't heard on the show for a bit. So glad to have you back. It is the original core trio, Julian, hailing from Japan. It's my pleasure to be here, Mike. Ah. So glad to have you. It's been so long since we could just sit and talk Dragon Ball with you. Yes, well, you know, it's been busy at the apartment. We finally got internet access, and things are kind of settled down here. I still need to clean out the room that I'm in right now, which is kind of the room where we put stuff that we don't know where to put (laughs) anywhere else. But I'm working on it slowly. That's what this room was before I moved it to a different room so I could put the (laughs) microphones in here. Now it's like half a desk with equipment on it and half a room of stuff. Yeah. And that if the cats get into this room room the stuff will get scratched at and it's kind of peeling and it doesn't look so hot <laughs> so lesson is cats shouldn't get in this podcasting room do not allow cats in the extra rooms right well mary okay thank you for joining us over here no problem bob how's it going with you take a little nap i did it was awesome it was sweet because i thought it was like two hours had gone by but it was really only 40 minutes excellent if that so are you refreshed i know it's really cold um, the coldness is making it worse. <laughs> I oh. need a, another hot bath after this. Julian, how's the weather out in Japan right now? Um, it's a little bit above freezing. It's sunny and pretty dry. All right, so you're right there with us. We got a humidifier in the room, yeah. So we got Julian off in Japan over here in uh, the brown room of a basement in New Jersey. We got Mary. Hey. That leaves me. My name is Mike Vegito EX. I'm glad to have everyone here together to talk about Dragon Ball SD this week. I totally forgot it was coming out. I feel like everyone else kind of forgot it was well, actually coming. It's a whirlwind. Of I know. Like, oh, here it is. Like, what? Yeah, it really like, only about- catch our breath. Two weeks, maybe not even. I'd have to go back and see when that official announcement was, but it was it's coming. Uh, Japan is so is. interesting like that. Yeah, like, I know. Here it is. Just like the DS game where yep, it's coming in February. DSSD. You need a scorecard to keep track of all the acronyms. <laughs> I'm having a terrible time with it. I've had so many I think <laughs> Dragon Ball DS came out in two thousand eight ish. So I've been saying DS after Dragon Ball for you know, going on three years in terms of announcements and stuff, I cannot say SD straight. I have to try really, really hard to make sure I say it properly. That's what we're going to be talking about. It's a new one-shot in Psycho Jump, which we'll tell you about. We'll introduce it when we get to it. Uh, before we get to the meat and potatoes of the show and the news and all that... Mm, meat and potatoes. <laughs> potatoes! Do, do you have a lot of meat and potatoes in Japan, Julian? Mm, not as much as I'd like. Or is it just meat and rice? A lot of rice. I hear you had a quasi-Thanksgiving kind of going on with some stovetop stuffing. Yes. Stovetop stuffing. Uh, <laughs> KFC. Cranberry sauce that I bought from... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> KFC. You, nice. you, you take what you can get here. <laughs> you can get turkey if you go up to Costco, but the only thing is it's very much American style. It's got a gigantic parking lot, and it's nowhere near a train station. So. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, some housekeeping stuff. Uh, the Raging Blast 2 review should indeed be live by the time you're listening to this. No, I've been promising it for a bit, but I sat down and I Mike finished up the Mike likes to make thing. his 4,500-word uh, documents ever so very <laughs> 
meticulously. I do. That was the last count. I think I've <laughs> added a few more paragraphs since then. It's astonishing. Uh, speaking of video games, by the time you hear this, we will have announced the winners of the video game contest we're doing right now on the site. We've given away a copy of Raging Blast 2 on the PS3, on the 360, and another copy of Tenka Ichi Tag Team on the PSP. All those came in from Namco Bandai to give out to you guys. So thanks to them and congrats to the winners, which will have already been announced. And another little bit, those of you who subscribe to the podcast here will have already gotten this in your feeds. But uh, Heath from Constantine and I did a little bonus podcast earlier this week about King Toki, which was a new one shot that Toriyama put out. Uh, I think it came out a couple weeks ago at this point. It's, it's relatively new. So we covered that. It's like a 40 minute show. If you Again, if you already subscribe, you already have it. And if not, you can go grab it over on my personal blog. I'll uh, link it up in the show notes. Uh, Julian, before we hit the news, since we haven't heard from you in a bit, is there uh, any Dragon Ball fun Japanese stuff going on? We got a new arcade game coming. Have you seen any advertisements for anything special? Uh, I've seen some advertisements here and there. They were also still really pimping Raging Blast 2 on the air oh, okay. during Kai. I should add that for some reason my broadcast is about a week behind people in Kanto and I don't know why. I think it's just Kansai TV being screwy. But anyway, um, yeah, but that's really what I've been hearing about Dragon Ball recently. More interesting has been the fact that they've got uh, a volume of One Piece, a new data book, and an art book in the space of a month. So, <laughs> so it's kicking in uh, high gear there with One Piece. Well, it's been it's been in high gear for well, about a yeah, year. Now. That's true. That's years true. and years. Let me ask you this: How about the kids over there? Is anyone excited still about Kai or any of the merchandise or SD as well, we're going to be talking about? It seems to be selling well, but it's hard to gauge excitement because they don't teach little kids anymore. They don't high emote. School. <laughs> high school students are much more reserved. Yeah, they don't come out and say, "I watch cartoons." Right. Although I have, there are a couple of people in my class who are very much One Piece fans. They give me the white salute really yes that's funny all right so uh i guess with our little japanese update let's hit the news all right well with quite possibly the best video game cover for a dragon ball game i've seen ever uh dragon ball kai ultimate butoden for the japanese ds uh pictures come out and i'm ogling it right now and it is so fantastic it seems i want a poster of this yeah i know right it is so good in fact it kind of reminds me of a poster that you used to have in your dorm room yeah with every single character ever Mm -hmm. uh this is a bit more subdued compared to that though which is a little scary but i love it it's so good and i'm even willing to overlook the fact that it's probably another fighting game it is <laughs> <laughs> two things i want to note here yeah we have uh young trunks uh videl and boo which all seems to point to kai continuing onward well well hold it there because every single last bit of merchandise in recent years has been branded kai even calendars going into the boo arc and everything okay so, fair enough. i don't know but well it seems to be that anyway uh we also have something interesting with a font for ultimate butoden here okay and that's that the the me in ultimate ultimate uh-huh. is sort of been tweaked a little bit to look like an X. Yeah, and I'm yeah. Wondering, wondering if that was intentional. I see what you Probably mean. Was. I I did note that the font was. I don't know. It kind of reminded me of almost One Piece fonts that I've seen. The way that they maybe that's just the way um, Namco Bandai packages stuff. The fonts they I choose. Think it's probably more Bandai than anything. Else. Yeah, but uh, that's very interesting. Huh? Any theories? Um, not really. Although the X makes it 
look badass. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, like we said earlier, the game's due out in February in Japan. We haven't heard anything about it yet here for the U.S. The DS games have been a little significantly more delayed than their console brethren, so I'm not entirely sure when we'll hear about it, but I have to imagine it'll get uh, announced for the U.S. Mary, you're zooming in and looking at it. I wanted to see that 17 nope. Picking on Garo right there. Oh, yeah, he's got his hand on his head. There's a lot of little stuff, people looking at each other in interesting ways. Uh, Nappa and Dodoria actually kind of looking at each other over there in the corner. There's some fun stuff in there. All right, um, we only got one other bit of news. Julian, uh, I'll let you take this one. It's in your homeland. Yes, so this is information about Zenkai Battle Royale. It's apparently running on Namco's PS3-based System 357 hardware, and it's worth noting that Super DBZ ran on their PS2-based System 246 hardware. Um, the game's official website also notes that it will be on location for testing from December 10th to 12th, almost all day long, at Namco Land in Umeda, Osaka. Ooh, that's near me. Namco Nakano in Tokyo and Wonder Park Hakata in Fukuoka. All right. Well, the big question is then, Julian, can you attend and take some pictures? Um, let's see. What am I doing between December 10th and 12th? That's what next is that, next week, weekend? Friday, Friday to Sunday and... If it's available on the 11th or 12th, I might be able to swing it, but we'll see. It looks like it is all three locations, all three days. Periodically go up to Umeda because there's massive redevelopment going on, and it's interesting to see the changes every time. But, um, you know, maybe I could actually do something worthwhile this time. I think you should. I mean, you were one of the first ones to get us kind of hands-on on Super DBZ. It'd be great if you could do it again. What is it, five, ye- five years later? Yes, I'll, I'll make a make a point of losing again, just so I can... Uh, anyway. I remember that so well. Uh, finally, um, the game will be using the GGPO netcode to handle latency and communication. Yeah, that's a fun one, because I believe it's... It's kind of um, a community-developed netcode. That's the thing behind the scenes that handles how the systems talk to each other over the internet to make sure everything's all synced up. So it is going to be an internet-based competitive game. I'm sure you'd be able to do it local, but also over the internet as well. Julian, have you been to any arcades recently or any places that have arcade machines? Just how ingrained is this internet connectivity in arcades? You know, I haven't really seen anything like that until recently and i think it's still kind of a new thing okay because really um most arcades are very much about playing against the computer or against somebody who's there in the room yeah but it is the age of the internet after all so i suppose it it was only a matter of time until the video arcades caught on as well i guess the only other thing to note in there is that since it's running on something that's based on the ps3 architecture we're hoping for a home port eventually cool yeah and PS3, US, and Japan, I don't think they even region code games anymore. But even if they were, were the same Blu-ray region. So for whatever reason, if it didn't come out in the US, as long as it came out in Japan on the PS3, we all could import it and at least have a good time there. So fingers crossed, but Julian, do your duty. Go take some pictures for us. I'll see what I can do. They might tell me no pictures, you know. That's all right. <laughs> You just feign ignorance and pretend you're American. Not that you're not, but... (laughs) All right, so that's the news, all video game stuff. Let's talk about manga stuff instead. Well, we got some background on what we're talking about today. We are covering Dragon Ball SD, which is, believe it or not, a Dragon Ball spinoff running in a new magazine called Psycho Jump. It was announced early last month that it would be coming out on December 3rd. And um, the new magazine, Psycho Jump, is 
actually containing mostly spin-offs from other popular current Jump series, but drawn by different artists, as well as some stuff crossing over from V-Jump and a couple of new things. So we've got Chopper Man, a one-piece spin-off by Hirofumi Takei, and Rock Lee no Seishun Full Power Ninden a Naruto spin-off by Kenji Taira. Um, and those two series are written by Eijiro Oda and Masashi Kishimoto, respectively, the main series. We've got some different people writing alternate universe sort of tales. So around November 16th, Shueisha announced that yet another spin-off would be coming to Saikyo Jump, and that would be Dragon Ball SD. So it would be written by Naho Oishi, who previously drew the manga adaptation of Dragon Ball's 2008 Jump Super Anime Tour special. So she's no stranger to the series. And we knew it would be about Goku in Kuriding with mention of another mysterious character. The magazine came out and there is still no word on whether or not this was a one-shot or if it will be continued in any way. Yeah, you know, at the end, we'll talk about this, at the end of it it says, you know, look forward to some more adventures, but I haven't seen anything anywhere that says in the next issue of Psycho Jump will be chapter two of huh. Dragon Ball SD. I like to keep us hanging. Yeah, so what I think we'll do is because it's so short, only what, a dozen pages or so. We'll do a quasi-manga review of Awesomeness Style. We'll just go through what happens in this. And you can't even call it a volume. It's just a chapter. And then we'll talk about some of the differences from the original story, some of the kind of allusions to the original story, and we'll do all of our little thoughts. Um, Mary, why don't you get us going here? Alrighty, so... As all good Dragon Ball should begin, this starts with Goku, who's a little boy who lives up on the mountains all by himself. His grandpa is dead, but he wants to seek out tutelage under Kame Senin, so he hops on his flying cloud Kintone and quickly reaches an island after crossing the ocean. Goku lands only to see a turtle, so he assumes that that must be Kame Senin. Will he teach you of our god? The turtle begins to protest, but Goku continues babbling about how much he's surprised that the master is actually a real turtle. Meanwhile, an old man and a young boy, both of whom are bald, wonder who the heck this stupid kid is. Goku wonders if this guy is also a disciple of Kame Senin, but nope, he is Kame Senin. So this is all pretty weird. Why is he here anyway? Goku shows Kame Senin a letter from his grandpa about getting trained, so Kame Senin figures he'll train both these kids then. This other one is named Kudidin. Kudidin thinks Goku doesn't look like he's ready for training, and Goku comments on Kudidin's bald head. Kudidin freaks out saying it's the sign of a true martial artist, just like Kame Senin, who remarks, no, he's just bald. Anyway, it's off to training. First off is building up their stamina. Kame Senin brings them up top a huge cliff and pushes them off down into the jungle below. Have fun living there for a month. There's all sorts of rumbling, and it's the volcano exploding. Kame Senin says this will get in the way of the training, so he cuffs his hands and unleashes a giant blast called the Kamehameha, which destroys the entire volcano. Goku wants to learn that move too, but Kame Senin says he'll need to train hard first. Live down there for a month, and then the real training will begin. In the dark of night, Kudidin sits and whines by the fire, while Goku happily brings back a centipede to eat. Kudidin refuses to eat that, so Goku tosses him a fish and starts cooking things up. Kudidin remarks that Goku seems pretty used to this stuff already. Goku remarks that, yeah, when you live by yourself in the mountains, it's like this every day. About half a month later, Kudidin is eating an apple and getting used to it all. Just then, a flying dinosaur looks below and mistakes Kudidin's bald head for an egg, swoops down and takes off with him. Goku left Kinto and back at Kame Senin's place. That's different. So he's going to have to try the Kamehameha. He hopes it works as he cups his hands back and says the attack's name. Boom. Direct hit. Kuririn falls 
falls back down to the ground and lands with his head in the sand, so Goku pulls him back out. He's so happy to be alive, and Goku figures it must have been his hard head that saved him. These two really seem like best friends now. Kamehameha is getting really pumped up to train these two, especially since Goku can already use the Kamehameha, as Goku drags the flying dinosaur back to cook. Much to Kuririn's shock, the narrator notes that their training and adventures have just begun. Dot, 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 exclamation point. And that's it. That's Dragon Ball SD so far. That's easy to digest. It is. It's a digest version. <laughs> so what I'd like to do is talk about some of the things that I felt were references to the original version of the story, but maybe done in a different way. The first thing that I noticed was Goku mistaking Omigame for Kame Senin. That seemed very familiar as Goku mistaking Bubbles for Kaio. He doesn't actually do that in the show, like in a movie or anything. It just seemed really familiar. <sighs> you know what? No, because he... the. Megame wanted to go home, so remember he went and got Kamisenin and brought him back, so oh, he didn't okay. know who Kamisenin was. They, they found the turtle on the shore, Bulma and Goku, right, and right. he went back and brought a reward, which was Kamisenin, right. and eventually through that they got a dragon wall. So okay. they knew who both the turtle and Kamisenin were already. Okay. It's a long time ago, that first volume. Uh, so that was one thing. Another one is uh, leaving them in the wilderness for a while. I mean, yeah, Goku and Kudin go and train for a bit. But did but anyone nothing else... nothing like pushing off a cliff and saying, hey, fend for yourself. That felt like Piccolo and Gohan to me. Yeah. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. Mash it all together and what do you get? This thing. <laughs> uh, Julian, you mentioned something earlier while you were doing the little narration. That's Goku leaving Kintone somewhere. Yes. So this is not something that it's really possible for Goku to do in the main series because Kintoon comes when he calls no matter where he is on Earth, except when it's been destroyed, which is temporary. (laughs) And then it wasn't even really destroyed because you can just call it again. Yeah. Who was it that said that? Was it Karin who said, just try calling it again and see if it comes? Yeah. That's a weird handicap to give Goku. I know. Because really it's just one piece of a much larger cloud. Right. So if you call it again, another piece will come down. So uh, another little reference I thought was pretty obvious was Kudadin's head in the sand after falling from the dinosaur seemed very similar to when he first arrives, jumps off his boat, and lands in the sand on the island, and Goku pulls him out. So I thought that was actually a nice little nod without being too different. Just, hey, remember when this happened? And the volcano being blown up, that almost seemed a direct comparison to when he did it with uh, Yumao, the Ox Demon King's home, and blew everything. Except in this case, he didn't actually blow everything up. He just kind of destroyed the volcano. There's the centipede issue where Goku brings the centipede back to eat. Ah, and yeah, yeah. In the series, it really, um, Bulma refuses to eat it. Right, and in here, it's a little so bald So he ends up bringing back wolves instead. Right. Yeah, I actually missed one on the outline. Good catch, Mary. And that's uh, Kudadin being stolen by the flying dinosaurish monster thing. When in the original, instead of a little bald guy, it was a cute blue-haired girl. A little bit of a difference, mm-hmm. but some cute stuff there. Either of you two pick up on anything in this chapter that seemed like it was kind of doing something from the original, but in a slightly different way? Well, there was the training on the sudden jungle that was apparently on the same island as Kame House because there was no transition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very nice. I mean, in in the original, they specifically go to a much larger island to right. train, but there was no indication of that. Well, here. come on, there's no time. <laughs> it's just a few pages. It's a good point, though. Yes. So here, go live for a month in the massive jungle that's on my tiny island. <laughs> well, I guess we're getting into differences then. Uh, a big one here from the original story is just Goku hasn't met Kamisenin by the time he's off to train with him, as opposed to the original when 
he'd already met him before he goes to train with him afterward. Right. There's also the fact that we don't have Bulma, we don't have Yamcha and Puar, we don't have Oolong. Right. We don't really have There's no any, Dragon Balls. Uh, well, yeah, we're, we're, oh, good one. Where's the Dragon Balls? <laughs> where, where's There's no the namesake. Of the original arc. <laughs> Where's Pilaf? I feel somehow empty. Where the the title is still Dragon Ball, and yet there's nothing about them. Yeah, that's so a huge issue for me, actually. Is it really? Because honestly, I didn't even think of that. I didn't think of it until Julian. You know, he was just talking. I was like, oh my god, there are no Dragon Balls. There's so much stuff missing. But it is a new take. So, what are your thoughts on that, Mary? Maybe they'll discover them as they're training. Who okay. Knows? I don't know where this is going. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> to be honest, it feels like there. It should be. It should be Tenkaichi Budokai SD because it feels like where they might be going with it. Mm, yeah. Just the fighting and the slapstick, but no adventuring. All right, let me ask you guys this then. Did you feel anything from reading this? Not really. No? Julian, no. how about you? Mm, there were points that were kind of entertaining, but there were usually points that followed pretty closely to the original manga in terms of reused jokes. Right. I really didn't feel like the original content stood on its own very well. And in fact, some of it just kind of made Kamesenin look like a jerk. Well, what do you mean by that? What kind all of original content? The wilderness. Ah, all right. Uh, granted, there was the scene in the original where he threw the, the turtle stone and made them go find it. Yeah. But still. And then would deny them dinner. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it just feels like he's a bit more distant and he's, I don't know, he's not as silly. He feels like more like, I don't know. Well, is Oishi just trying to do too much in the span of so few pages? Is that part of the problem? I think that might be part of the problem. You don't get much development. And then, true, we are expected to know who these people are already. But, you know, the character interaction is part of the fun, especially this early. Well, um, the equivalent to much, much earlier in the original series. That's a big point. If you had no familiarity with Dragon Ball, and I have to imagine that anyone listening to this does, would this feel more natural or less natural, coherent? I feel like you don't need to know anything to jump into this i mean the narrator starts it off with hey here's a boy who lived on a mountain and he's off to do this i feel like it's pretty complete of a story yeah but i feel like even though you don't need to know the characters there's no reason to care Mm. there's just no time i mean i know that's the point it's just a one shot yeah but in the original we we we're slowly given new characters and even when there are other characters like yamcha and like pilaf they're always off to the side and they don't quite join not that pilaf ever joins the group but they're not real i don't know there's just so much more development that went on yeah that's the luxury of it being the original are we looking for too much i mean this is just i was looking for more slapstick and more of an original story not a retelling rehash i was kind of disappointed yeah, I didn't think it was just going to be, we're going to mishmash some stuff that you may or may not have read before. I'm really right there with I you. I wanted something a la Little Silings. <laughs> did we set ourselves <laughs> up for disappointment? I think, by... I think we did because that really set the bar. <laughs> How about you, Julian? Is this what you were expecting? Were you disappointed? I didn't really know what to expect exactly. I mean, SD, I really expected something a little bit more super deformed. Yeah. But the character designs were, were pretty much what kids. they were in <laughs> Dragon Ball. Kudinin's so. already SD when he's Introduced. Well, they could have made him like a huge head with a little itty bitty body. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, both in terms of storytelling and in artwork. Not that the art was bad. Let's talk about that. We didn't even touch the, on the, the art. The art was yet. cute and the art was pretty, but it just reminded me of a very polished doujinshi. But yeah, Julian's right. I mean, it wasn't really SD. It's kind of a, uh, a false advertising. Mm. I mean, it didn't say super deformed. So 
Yeah, you but know, we you weren't, see we that. We weren't exactly promised that, but it felt more like a compressed rehash of part of the original series rather than anything designed as a different take. So is it just super dumbed down? I mean, it's an extra D, but I don't know what else to call it. I don't know. What did you feel about it, Mike? <laughs> I already said I completely agree with you. I think we set ourselves up for disappointment by rediscovering Little Sirelings and rereading all of it. But even ignoring that, it is just a retread of what Dragon Ball is. Plus, Julian, I, th- I think you, you nailed it. Whatever new material was in there was just, it didn't feel at home and it wasn't really standing on its own. And yeah, I, I read a little quasi retelling of a Dragon Ball chapter here. I have no strong feelings one way or the other. I guess I'm disappointed, but because it's not being pimped as... The new hotness? As like Kai was being pimped, where I feel an active disappointment with Kai, this was just kind of a, oh, well, that's too bad. I guess that's the only way I can sum it up. Final thoughts, Mary? Um, if, if this is the only one of these that there is, I won't be upset. But if there is more, I hope it kind of does more original stories. Okay. I really hope it does. Julian? Mm. Maybe if there's another chapter, it might be able to develop it into something new and more interesting. But since we haven't heard when another volume will come out, maybe this is a quarterly magazine. So maybe we'll see it in another three months. But they really haven't said if they're going to put it out on any kind of schedule. So we don't really know. Oh, Psycho Jump itself. They haven't announced what the schedule is for it. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen anything about it. Maybe it's a quarterly. Maybe it's a semi-annual. I haven't heard anything about it, so... We'll have to double-check on that, but, uh, yeah, no clue. Alright, that was Dragon Ball SD. The, uh, first maybe only chapter was in the December 3rd debut issue. You can actually pick up this first issue on Amazon Japan. I was uh, doing one of those things where I add a couple things to my cart on Amazon Japan and then I go through checkout just to see how much it would cost to ship me stuff. I think I had $30 in just, I think, three books and it was going to cost $45 to ship it. Like, you know what? (laughs) Julian, I've got one or two things. If you can just go grab them for eight bucks... I don't even care when I get them. Okay. <laughs> it's just a matter of, can you grab them while they're still available? <laughs> this would be one of them. Okay, send me an email and I'll see what I can do. All right, I'll PayPal you the eight bucks <laughs> it'll take instead of the 45 to ship it. Okay. All right, but hey, if you guys want to order it, Feel free, I'll give you the link. So uh, no, the Julian Courier service is not available <laughs> for, right. for wide distribution. Internal distribution only. Uh, let's do some releases here. We are in a quasi-black hole of the uh, Dragon Ball release season. December's just starting. There were only two things this month, so I guess we'll give you those two things. Julian, start it off. All right. December 22nd, we have the Battle of Omega CD single performed by Hironobu Kageyama. It's the opening theme to Raging Blast 2 for the PS3 and 360. Um, it's available for 1,200 yen and uh, 11.43 at CD Japan if you want to pick it up. Still no track listing on that one yet so uh we'll keep her eyes open for cover art and tracks and all that jazz all right so december 28th three days after christmas on a tuesday you have dragon ball movie one coming out in north america uncut for the very first time it's curse of the blood rubies or shandon no densetsu it's remastered and redubbed uncut and a bilingual release for the suggested retail price of 14.98 or 13.49 at amazon now do we have uh, anything about oh, okay the four pack is coming out two months yeah well, i was just gonna note month that and a half later so you know you could wait or maybe you could get it now whichever suits your style 
I guess it depends on what you already own. If you got the three-pack already, I guess just get the first movie. Yeah, be a new transfer. I think the old ones have the Japanese title cards and all that jazz, so depends on what you're looking for, but that one in December and the new four-pack in February. So uh, with that done, let's do an email here. Let me read the email. Julian, uh, I guess I'm going to let you answer it since it involves something you can easily pick up over there. Colton says, I'm now up to episode 189 of your podcast. Colton's making his way through, slogging onward like a champ. I'm getting there. Anyway, as much as I dislike Dragon Ball Evolution, I found the cast list for the Japanese release, and lo and behold, one of the world's shittiest American anime adaptation movies has to have three of my favorite seiyu. Aya Hirano, Hochu Otsuka, and Kape fucking Yamaguchi. <laughs> Having found this out, I've tried looking for sites online as to where I could buy the Japanese Blu-ray, but can't find any. Please help me. I really love anything with Cafe Yamaguchi. Thanks in advance. Love you guys and the podcast. Julian, I have to imagine Ooh. there's plenty of places you can buy it, right? I have to admit, I'm kind of interested. Uh, Yeah, it's it's available in Japan. Um, So you could probably get it from... Am- well, maybe you can get it from Amazon Japan. I'm not sure. You could probably find it. Do they the CD Japan sell DVDs? I forget. They do. That's the correct answer. And something I want to toss out there is the Japanese Blu-ray just got a budget price re-release. Ooh. <laughs> and I believe it comes with the DVD as well as the Blu-ray. Oh, cool. For something like 20 bucks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Put a I, price to sell. I'm considering grabbing it myself because I still haven't seen the Japanese dub of it. So I'm kind of like, eh, maybe in an order in a month or so, I'll toss this in just for the hell of it do it that's uh julian you did see both dubs when it was in theaters over there right yes so one thing i did note is that they do refer to the dragon radar as the dragon radar in the japanese version oh nice who was uh, kafe yamaguchi was he goku yes ah and how was he do you remember he was um he was a lot like the character was portrayed in english which is kind of whiny and annoying but uh he, he made it work and I think Aya Hirano as Bulma works better than Aya Hirano as Dende, but that's maybe my right. Who is um, Hochu Otsuka? Uh, here we go. They oh he he uh, dubbed over it. Piccolo. Oh okay. <laughs> found it right at the same second. Let's see other stuff he's done. Hmm. Oh he's Jiraiya in Naruto. So that's a that's a big <laughs> role. Well uh, Julian, people have questions, comments, all that stuff. Where can they send them on over to? Send it to podcast at dizex.com and we will read your mail on the podcast here. And you can also find us on Twitter at DizeX for news and site announcements and individually at VegetoEX, Saya Jedi, and Mary TOT. Recently, I haven't done much with that, but for a while I was putting up baby pictures like every single day. <laughs> I know, I miss it. Uh, but I've been putting up a lot on Facebook too. Anyway, speaking of Facebook, you can find us on Facebook.com slash So go find us. How about you? Type DizeX, you'll you'll get to one of our places. That's how it works. <laughs> That's going to wrap us up. It was a nice, you know, condensed to the point episode. We talked about SD, had some short release listings and did an email. And here we are, the end of the show, 241. Mm. Uh, something that we kind of mentioned then kind of forgot to mention We've been doing the podcast now for five years. Yes, it's been over five years. So congrats on that, everyone around. And uh, Daizen Shui X, as well as Templo Trunks, more in existence than anything else. Right, it exists. (laughs) Heading into year 13 in uh, January or a month off from that. Oh, March for you? Yeah. Okay, I kind of forgot what it was. Yeah, you say that, but didn't you sort of have something? I don't. I had a site that I made just to learn HTML in okay. the summer of 97, but I didn't do Temple of Trunks until 98. Gotcha. Early 98. Well, 13 years 
in uh, all of us. 2011. So yep. rock on there. Heading into number 13. Yeah. With the, uh, you know, eight good ones. <laughs> About 12 good ones for us. Ashley, we're like eight good ones for us too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Julian, good to hear your deep, sexy voice again here with us. Why, thank you. Anything you want to toss out there before we wrap up? Um, My daughter is six months old and she's cuter than ever. Yay. Excellent. With the best head of hair on a baby I've ever seen. <laughs> I know, I know. Yes. Any new tricks? Solid, not solid uh, Let's food. see. There's that food video you posted. <laughs> yes, she's um, eating rice ice gruel now which is kind of like solid food ish and um she can oh what she does now is she takes a blanket and she raises it up over her head and then brings it back down and i think that's her way of playing peekaboo hooray that's fun i would enjoy that me too i have a video up that i'm gonna put up later all right well let's uh bring this to a close mary thank you for joining us my pleasure Julian, you and I can be found at DaisenChewyX. Tell the kids about it. Yes, DaisenChewyX can be found on the internet at DaisyX.com. That's D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. So for these fine folks, we will see you next week for 242 of the podcast. It's one of those, oh crap, I don't know what we're doing yet because SD came out of nowhere. Right. But, and also, all of our weekends are going to be pretty wacky until Christmas. Oh, geez, we'll that's make right. it work. We're totally booked. Mary, I was actually telling you um, about a couple topic ideas. Yeah. So there's actually some pretty good stuff Both coming. Both of them are pretty solid. I just have to uh, arrange who and when those is. When those is. I'm going to try and do some more recording during the middle of the week and do some Frankenstein-ish kind of podcast. We'll get to it. So, Mary, Julian, thank you. My name is Mike Vegito Wex. We will see you next time here on Dazen Wex Podcast. Julian. ジュリアン、His grandpa is dead, but he wants to seek out tutelage under Kame Senin, so he flies on his hopping <laughs> Dyslexia. <laughs> that was way funnier than it should have been. Oh, jeez. You can send it over to podcast at dizex.com. And we will read your mail on the TV show. Except it's not a TV show, it's a podcast. <laughs> uh, Are you familiar with this thing that we're doing? On cable television, yeah. yeah. Yes, but there, there, there is a TV show that my wife and I watch where they do read people's letters on TV. Okay. So that was what I was thinking. All right. Uh, I'm tired. Why it's don't you try more- again?